You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about transitioning into private practice. This week, we read Voice of Experience, Transition to Private Practice, published in Counseling Today 2023. Um, Heather, you and I had lots of ideas about this. We really um, have lots of thoughts and I think lots of experience between the two of us. As I say, we've done it in different ways. yes. Uh, So in our article, the points that they made, they said there are three major steps. Mm -hmm. First step uh, basically is think about where you are when you begin. Right. And that can mean lots of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, but thinking about why I think first you want to go to, okay, like, why are you considering private practice? What do you think it's going to bring you? Because that then, Mm. if you answer that question, then it tells you, what do you think you're going to gain? Going into private practice, you are not going to instantly become wealthy. Okay. It actually, just what what was your answer? I wanted the fle- I wanted the flexibility. Okay. I didn't want to work eight to five. Okay. I think when I started private practice, it what I felt like I needed the flexibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I really wanted it yet. Right. But I want. Uh, I had plans to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um. So that gave me the option. Right. To have a different client hour or a different. Hmm. Okay. What else? Thinking about where you are. It ma- that makes me think about um, where you are in town, like what right? part of okay. like geography, right. um, what kind of, I think, oh, this is a good example. My very, very first office that I just sublet mm-hmm. on Saturdays. Um, for many reasons, this is a good example. It was right in the middle of a very industrial part of town, like big, tall business oh, buildings. Oh, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And um, I see kids. Right. So it wasn't, <laughs> They're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did see kids there, but it didn't, it wasn't quite a fit. The building wasn't meant for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really quiet. So the other tenants were maybe a little annoyed that I had kids coming in and out of the building. Um, the parking and getting there wasn't very family okay. friendly. So just lots of things that didn't necessarily mm-hmm. match what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And um, the office was decorated, I thought, in a really cool way. But it was very like early 80s geometric shapes. <laughs> okay, that could work Black. for kids. <laughs> I mean, it was so it was kind of cool, but like and very modern. Right. But there was nothing about that space that was meant for a kid. Got it. So there were lots of things that kids should not touch. Mm-hmm. Glass um, objects. Right. Windows. Right. Yeah. Glass objects and sharp corners. Mm-hmm. And um the furniture wasn't meant for kids. So there was like chairs and couches that were not shaped for little legs. Got it. Okay. Um, so from, to me, that like when the next time I had a decision to make about where I wanted to be, I realized those things didn't fit. Right. My it need. mattered even more. So the yeah. next time you moved, um, offices, you could decide on something that like mm-hmm. was, you were looking for something different than right. the first time. The first, the second time I was in a place where parking was super easy. Um, you could pull right up to the front of the door and park in front of the building. And it was close to schools, daycares. Right. Made more sense. Mm-hmm. There were some places where you could go grab something to eat just mm-hmm. within a couple of minutes. And everything in there was 
comfortable. Right. More family room style. More, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. So what about you? Did you have either now in this office or in other offices, have you had to think about what you needed, what you didn't need, what fit your clients best? We did. Um, we started our practice with four of us and we had three offices the first time, mm-hmm. which we thought was going to be fine. And sure. you know what? It was for a little while. Uh-huh. Um, two of us were sharing the big office and it worked out okay. And even if we both were there, usually somebody else wasn't there, mm-hmm. but then our practices grew. And then it was like yeah. literally a scheduling nightmare. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, I need to have Tuesday from three to seven. And, you know, it became kind of sure. more in depth. Um, but do you see, do you, I think so. But did you guys, did the four of you find that there in, in the beginning, was there a need for that or a benefit to that? I think the benefit was we got cheaper rent by only having three rooms. Yes. Like that was, yeah. that was primary. We were starting it and it was like, how can we find a space that we like that mm-hmm. we all kind of agree on? Yeah. And then the one thing we didn't have, which is really was my biggest pet peeve about that space was we had a hallway that led to our offices, but we did not have a door on our waiting room. Mm, mm-hmm. Even though our hall, even though our offices had big, huge doors, which, yeah, but there was no actual door to the yeah. waiting room. I'm thinking I that off. I remember that office. Right. And I'm thinking about my very first one in the, the mm-hmm. second upgrade. The bathroom is really important. Oh, yes. Right? Where the bathroom is. Where the bathroom. The the first office that was, you know, 1983, Mm -hmm. uh, or, yeah, 1983, the bathroom was really far away. And you got little kids you're working with. Right. I mean, so if I needed to run run someone down the hall to go to the bathroom, that was a thing. Right. Or that, I mean, it was just any, the water fountain was next to that bathroom. It was way down the hallway. Um, But the second one I was in um, was just two steps right away around the corner and you're right. And, yeah. and yours was easy and, right. and that it was right there in the same suite. Right. And so if you need it, mm-hmm. if you needed it, if they needed it, right. it was right there. And we had a sink. I mean, things mm-hmm. that, you know, especially for working with kids, like you need a sink. Yep. You need certain things to be able to clean up your messes. Cause sure, that's, part yeah. of, that's the fun of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so part of the article, when they're talking about where you're at, they're also talking about transitioning from what you're currently doing and what that transition looks like into private practice. So right. um, I think they talked about how do you end an agreement or a contract with your mm-hmm. current employer? Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got current clients, what do agreement? Take do you not right. take? Yeah. Is there an agreement? Mm-hmm. What would be professional or appropriate? How do you do that? Um, did you have to do that? Did you have to say bye to people or I, think about what that agreement was? Yeah, I did say bye to people because that was my agreement with my agency I was working at. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, they found me. Sure. I mean, Google. It's not hard. Right. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, I mean, yes, I have mm-hmm. said goodbye to people, but they did find me. Um, and then I just made the choice because at that time I was going to work less hours. I just had our third kiddo. And so it was like, well, I'm not – I had a choice when they called and said I wanted to come back to me. I was like, well – I'm actually not taking any more clients right now. I'm just going to keep it small or Mm -hmm. decide. Also talking about those specialties, like what did you want to offer in your private practice? I was at an agency that was primarily kids most of the time Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of grief uh, stuff that we covered, but I was really ready for my my own practice to change. So I didn't want necessarily to bring Mm -hmm. all of clients. Well, that's what I was going to say about uh, at least one of the time, one of the ways that I transitioned was I went from an agency that provided a higher level of care. So I already knew I wasn't going to see mm-hmm. 
those, those specific right. clients anymore. So it made it easier mm-hmm. to say goodbye to them, transition, know that I wasn't um, in in conflict with our agreement. Right. I wasn't right. taking those clients. Um, but it also allowed me to rethink what I wanted to do. I was seeing all, 100% kids with eating disorders. And at the time I went, oh, that's the last kid with an eating disorder that I am ever going to talk to. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, I got to do that for a little bit. I got right. to say. A little break, a little reset. I right. am not, I'm stepping away from that. Um, so I get, you get to, um, sometimes it's a freedom and sometimes it's right. it maybe an obligation and how you do it. And sometimes it's like an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about thinking about where you're at and where you're going to be? So setting things up, mm-hmm. um, saying goodbye to some things, but maybe keeping. Right. Other- I think it's important to take into just consideration that it's a process. It's not yes. something you just don't have the idea one night at home and then start it the next week. Mm-hmm. Like it is a complete process, finding the right space, looking for this, the actual physical space, and then also thinking what will my clientele look like? Mm-hmm. What do I want to do? I mean, it is like, don't think that's going to happen overnight. I would say a couple months of time for it to mm-hmm. kind of like work mm-hmm. out. And Well, and you and I both, tr- when we say transition, our transition was a long one, wasn't it? <laughs> Very. That we yeah. didn't just say um, bye to our agency job on a Friday and start private practice right. on Monday. Right. Right. Um, I left the agency I was working at full time and took a part step down into a part-time position there. And I think I did that for a year. I feel, yeah, I feel I like, it, a year. I mean, I don't know. Everyone's practice is different and it depends on where you are, but I feel like for a practice to start and then actually be what you think it's going to be, it easily could take a year. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably a very positive mm-hmm. <laughs> outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that it, my trajectory wasn't just up and up and up right. and up. There were right. times where, um, things got going really quickly and then I was kind of at the same place Plateau. for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, that, so it didn't look just like here one, you know, right. by one day and here yeah. I am yeah. the next day. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, these are not hard things to do, but certainly things you should consider, mm-hmm. um, record keeping, right. Uh, things like setting up, uh, where you receive mail, mm-hmm. where you deposit money, or mm-hmm. and or uh, pay, f- money, pay money, you know, for your utilities your if you need to. Right. Some leases have everything included. Some leases you're paying mm-hmm. individual bills. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. When, remind me, I know, I feel like I was right on the cusp of this. When you started uh, your private practice, did you right away start with an electronic record keeping system? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't transition successfully for quite a long time. I mean, my goal was, yes, all of my new clients come in, I will use this. Uh-huh. But I bounced around even between electronic 
systems. Oh. Like, yeah, I tried you one, found didn't the one like you it, like. tried one, didn't like it. So, I mean, I would say that even took a while to set up oh. before I found like the, oh, I love this one. You mm-hmm. know? I have always used the same one for better or for worse. I think right now it's pretty good. Right. But, um, there were many years without any updates. And so it yeah. wasn't always <laughs> like, oh. the best one, <laughs> right. but I stuck with it because it's so terrible to transition between them. It's a lot of yeah. work. Um, what about uh, when I started, I think I was doing the cool new thing and I had an ele- electronic record keeping system immediately. Mm-hmm. So I never had you never paper had copies. Paper. Ah, mm-hmm. that's very nice. That's very wonderful for you. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I said this recently to someone I'm supervising, uh, that they would need to think about that because they would not want to deal with paper records. I mean, and, and even, I mean, I feel like that's not, that's Mm -hmm. kind of a given now they went, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Okay. So it's just something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like we said, the setting up the business end of things isn't difficult, but something just you can, takes a, a, a bank account. It takes yeah. time and effort to make that I appointment think, and to figure well, this thing. You know. I mean, you're describing it with your record keeping system that um, it's not hard to do, but to go back and make things all the consistent, right? Fix, fix old problems right. is such a time drain, right? Um, so to think it through and do it the way you want to mm-hmm. thoughtfully, you, right? In the beginning is is really right. I worth mean, it. back at when I started private practice, I still took cash. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean. Theoretically, I still take cash, but I don't know. I was going to say, I think the difference is the world changed <laughs> right. that now with COVID people, even right. fewer people carry right. money with them. Um, Heather, the next point in our article was marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, describe what you have done or do now for marketing. I mean, back long ago, we did, when we first moved, we did like a complete like here's we just moved into the area we're a new we did like a postcard oh, type yeah, thing yeah um that would be hilarious now because now it's more about website and mm-hmm, more about like mm-hmm. connection that way but i do think as far as marketing goes in the mental health world a ton of it is on who you know and so yes. those connections are just so important yeah. like who do i know that i could send this client to that i know would be sure you know do you um I just read this this uh, statistic maybe this past week that the within the first seven years, I think they said it was high eighties to ninety percent of private practices fail. Oh wow! In, interesting. In, within, okay. I thought seven years was interesting. Right. I knew the percentage was probably really high, but within the specifically the first seven years, mm-hmm. um, like eighty-eight to ninety percent of private practices okay. fail. Okay. Um. And I think it has a lot to do with this. Right. Um, I noticed the article that it did, it was implying already that if you're a counselor that's doing this transition, you're not a brand new counselor. Right. You already have been working as a counselor. You're established. You're, yeah. I could not have transitioned into private practice if I hadn't already built a network of counselors that I knew 100%. and referred back and forth to me. Yes. And it also helps in that. When you're not going to be able to see every single client that comes across your mm-hmm. intake, like, right? You're going to be like, oh, after you meet with them, oh, you know what? Actually, you need this. You mm-hmm. need something different. And so having that not only keeps the connection between those counselors, you know, but it also keeps the connect. Like then the, then the public mm-hmm. knows, oh, yeah, call Sarah. Mm-hmm. She may not be able to see you, but she'll mm-hmm. know who you should see. Mm-hmm. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's very helpful. Yeah. Um, 
What are, oh, some marketing fumbles that I've made. Okay. Um, in that second office where that I had mm-hmm. that I thought, oh, this is it. Right. Right. I was really getting right. going. Um, that I felt like it was my space. I mm-hmm. thought I'm going to be here a while. Um, I thought I'm going to see kids and my plan is I'm going to go to all of these elementary schools, daycares, things that are oh. close doctors, pediatrician offices that are close by, and I am going to bring them cupcakes Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring them a stack of my business cards. Mm -hmm. And I gave a lot of people a lot of cupcakes. Right. And I did not get any clients out of that. Right. So it was a ton of effort, um, a lot of money and just so disheartening. Right. That I was hustling and running around town and and nothing was coming back. Right. I mean, I think we talked about this a little earlier. Staying current with what the marketing trends are mm-hmm. is important, mm-hmm. right? Especially mental health, because it's not like we can put our, I mean, most of us don't put our faces on billboards and say, mm-hmm. come, come see me right. for counseling. Yeah. So it is about staying connected with who you know. Knowing the school counselors are probably very helpful. Yes. But not necessarily. Right. Yeah. That was my misstep. Had I known the right person in all of those buildings to go talk to, and had I actually had an interaction with them right then i would have gotten something back right. but just by leaving a dozen cupcakes and cards right. i mean I'm, they loved my cupcakes and that was thanks it. for the sugar right. <laughs> but had i talked to the school counselor the doctor's nurse right or the Connected director of the daycare right then i would have made an impact but uh, they just got snacks right yeah. yeah, just some things to like look out for. I think that's still the same thing I'm saying about your network. It's about who you're in front of. Right. Who um, sees you, who, yeah. That's what I still, I mean, I don't do a ton of marketing or I don't call it marketing. Right. Um. To me, mark, I, some people like doing it, but to me, the type of marketing that we just described mm-hmm. is not fun. No, I do not care for marketing right. at all. So ever. the type of marketing that I do now, to me, can feel like fun Mm -hmm. that um i go places where i know i'm going to run into other counselors and we're going to chit chat right um i go to a training that i've been really interested in and i'm with a handful of other counselors that i know are interested in the same kind of thing and we get to know each other that i mean really that's i think the most useful marketing that i do and i actually enjoy it yeah it isn't just painful right this brings you back together with people that you want to be mm-hmm. with anyway. And that mm-hmm. kind of like builds that community and continues to give mm-hmm. you little bits and pieces just by you yeah. being present. Mm-hmm. But printing things, yeah. leaving things without yeah. getting in front of All a gone. person. Yeah. That's not very useful. Right. Okay. Last point. How exactly are you going to make money? That's a I mean, question. Right. very, very important right. point. I think something first to look at is what are other therapists in the area charging? What, okay. okay what's the How do you do that? I mean, you can Google it, but I also, I've never Googled it. Yeah, you can Google it, but you can also just ask around, like just look around, do it, you know, search and see what the going rate is. If someone was, I mean, and think about it, if you're going to want to take insurance or you're going to want to take, I mean, just private pay there, I've done both. I mean, I've kind of swung both ways on that. Um, I think that it's important for you to have the, the ideas behind like, so, okay, that's one thing to consider. If you are doing insurance, you're not getting that money in your pocket right away. Mm-hmm. It will be, you know, time yeah. before you get it. Um, sorry, I think. Oh, so going back a little bit, how mm-hmm. you make money and thinking about the. Um, I think that's a new idea. That's why I want to go back. Yeah. I think it's a new idea for people who are doing making this transition. Mm-hmm. How do you know what other people are charging? Right. Um, 
So you, I'm, I'm going to have to do it. Yes, I'm going to have to Google. I'm going to Google it. Um, <laughs> something that I've done again, this is relying on my network, but I call the other offices in close proximity to my offices mm. and ask. Yeah. What do you charge? What do you charge? What, do you- what are your uh, supervisees charge? Right. Um, and because they might be offering a different service. If I do, if I see kids and you see couples, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but also right now, our offices really aren't that far apart, but they're far enough apart right. that the the going rate is a little bit yep. different. It's a little different. Um, so you'd want to check that out too. Like we're in Dallas, Fort Worth in the USA. And um, in Dallas, Fort Worth, this is, is a wide, wide range. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you'd want to check that out. I'm and I'm going to Google it. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, some big choices or big options around insurance right? or private pay. But even then, like private pay, how do you actually get the money and what do you do with right. it when you get it? Right. And- or insurance, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you're so the steps that go along with insurance, you need to look into that. If yeah. you're just going to say, I'm going to take insurance. Well, it's a little there's a little more to it right. than that, but it takes a while to get reimbursed. Um, I would say um, some of the quickest ones are within a couple of days. Yes. And so in maybe by the, if I bill on Monday by Thursday, I've Mm -hmm. got the money. Um, And then there are some others that take longer. Maybe Mm -hmm. um, I am waiting on one and it's an unusual insurance policy. I think it's like three weeks. Oh, that's a long time. That's pretty crummy. I was going to say on average, it was usually within like, if I submitted something early in the week, one week, I was paid by early in the week next week, like a yeah, week. Yeah, like, very average. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you have to think about all those mm-hmm. things. Um, what are some big considerations you made or maybe some adjustments that mm-hmm. you started out with a, what you thought was a solid plan and then you went, no, I'm going to have to change that a little bit. I think when it came to how I'm going to make money was, am I only going to do... Like, am I only going to see clients private practice? Am I only, and when I added insurance for me, it was great for a little while, mm-hmm. but I was getting to like, there's a tiny bit more paperwork. Yeah. Tiny bit, not, yeah. not a ton, yeah. but like a tiny bit more paperwork. And then I got a few like rejections back probably just because yeah. I had some weird things. And I was like, I actually didn't have the bandwidth for me yeah. to be as effective. And so I thought, okay, I'm just not going to take any more insurance clients. Like I'm just going to slow again slowly backpedal mm-hmm, out of it mm-hmm. and start telling my clients, Hey, as of, I think it was January 31st that year, I'm not going to be taking insurance anymore. Here are the options. So I could transition them to someone that did, mm-hmm. or they had options to pay out of pocket and yeah. get reimbursed. I mean, yeah. however it needed to work. Yeah. But I think in setting all of that up, what I would go back if I was telling someone now that was doing it was think about what's more important, because if you take insurance, you are probably going to get more clients quickly. Y- yes. But is that important? You know, like, yeah. is that, that may not be important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a way to consider it too. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got more flexibility, you've got another way of supporting yourself financially right. while you ramp up and the ramp up might take longer if you're just doing private pay. Mm-hmm. Can you do that? Right. Is that Versus, uh, I don't, I have some, something to fall back on, but I do kind of need to get going. So right. I'm going to do this more quickly and get busier, right. quicker by using insurance. Maybe. Right. Um, one of my thoughts I mean, insurance, private pay, um, is that you could do a lot of things with your schedule that you think will make you money Oh, that won't always. Um, I know someone that schedules 45-minute sessions back-to-back all day long. That might make me crazy. I can't imagine that that actually ends up making them 
that much more money. I mean, I do four sessions back to back and I'm burnt and mine aren't 45 minutes. They're a little longer. And I try and give myself a five minute break yes. in between. Yeah. And that's exhausting. Like yes. four back to back. I do. I'll do four back to back and I, and they, I, it's yeah. scheduled for an hour, but I, I give them 50. So right. I get 10 minutes at the end of every right. hour where I can just, go to the bathroom, right. get a drink of water. Um, another one example of how I did this to myself was in the very beginning, I thought, I um, was pretty new mm-hmm. the, the first year at Christmas time. And I thought, kids are out of school. I am so available. Uh-oh. I am going to be here all week long. I Anytime somebody wants to see me, I'm, I'm here. here. And I hung out by myself in the office. Nobody like, wants to do therapy. Like a whole break. week. Yeah. I just sat at, yep. in the office and looked at the walls. Yep. And the next year, I was like, I am not doing we'll do that to myself. Right. I didn't make me more money that right. doing that. But right. yeah. Um, so I think there are lots of ins and outs of transitioning into a private practice and Heather and I would love to hear about your experience transitioning into private practice and as well as any other new episode ideas. Thanks to li- for listening to Supervision with Vision.